0: Hi, this is Jesus Templado, and you're listening to Experiencing Data, with Brian T. O'Neill.
1: Experiencing Data explores how product managers, analytics leaders, data scientists, and executives are looking at design and user experience as a way to make their custom enterprise data products and analytics applications more useful, usable, and valuable. And now, here's your host, the founder and principal of Designing for Analytics, Brian O'Neill. Welcome back to Experiencing Data. This is Brian T. O'Neill. Today, I have my friend Jesus Templado from Spain on the line. Jesus, how are you?
0: I'm fine, Brian. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm always excited when I meet other data science and analytics consulting firms and companies that are embracing design as a core tenant of the work they do. So you're a director at Bedrock. You talk a lot about data by design. You're a consulting firm in Europe. What is this about? What does that mean to a a data science leader, an analytics leader? Why do I need or
0: care about design in the work of data science? Okay, I'll try to set some context on why we started using data by design uh, close to the bedrock tagline, okay? When we started back in 2019, summer of 2019, and still now we feel that companies aren't embracing design as the main framework when trying to build business solutions using data, right? We realized that it was hugely important to take into perspective all of the human aspects when designing data solutions, right? Involving all stakeholders during the whole ideation and prototyping process. We started using design thinking as our framework for designing data solutions for the business. And that's why we gave so much importance to saying we are, or we use data by design. So that's why. I think it also comes from this tradition of, you know, feeling that data science as a practice, AI or advanced analytics are far from being understandable. In the sense that all of this practice has been perceived really close to IT and all of this world that sometimes it's scary for many business stakeholders, right? There are many people in corporations that don't have the technical background to understand what's, what are the possibilities uh, when it comes to analyzing or using data. So the importance of bringing design based framework as design thinking, it's really important for all of the work that we do for our clients. You know, every client is different, every industry is different, and that's why it's so important. Do you find that this is something that is sought
1: out like your clients are looking for this and they want to have a design driven approach or the design approach is an answer to what their need is? And maybe they don't know what that is, but you you kind of frame it as this is, you know, we're here to make sure we deliver a human centered solution that will actually get used and you have to kind of take them through that process for them to learn it? Like, are they knowledgeable about this in advance or is this something that you have to kind of introduce to them?
0: I honestly don't think so. My opinion is that you cannot need or you don't think you need what you don't know, meaning you find value in the process of using a methodology like or a framework like design thinking or service design. When you when you explain uh, what's for, right, that you will be involved through the whole process explaining the needs of the business, the individual needs of the stakeholders, and the strategic goals of the company. And when you realize that you can align the technical possibilities that data science brings with the human needs is when you realize that you need to com- to combine both and that you need that hybrid model to go further than what you could only use in technology and data science.
1: Do you find that you're when you're delivering your service and you're using this design-driven approach, how does that gel with the existing data science and analytics and engineering talent that they have in-house versus it sounds like your clients are often on the business side, not on the data side, but obviously we're all working together. So I'm curious, how how does that work and what's challenging about doing that? Is is it a difficult if you're trying to go through a particular process to help your client, but... They have an internal team that maybe isn't used to doing things that way. Or is it the data team that brings you in? Talk a little bit about fitting it in to the process.
0: To be honest, it it really depends on who is our main counterpart or supporter on the other side. Sometimes we start to liaise with someone who is leading a data analytics team, head of data science or something like that. And maybe it comes more from the business side. When we are initially involved with a data team, they already have a roadmap or a strategic or a specific tactical need that they want us to support. Maybe they they lack the data engineering, knowledge or expertise in something that is highly technical and that we have experience implementing for their clients in different industries. When we speak with someone from the business side, I think they really value that we go through that design process and that we bring the experience of applying our data science science knowledge throughout and across different industries because we can bring in knowledge and learnings from other industries. And you know that some of the industries that we work with may be more advanced in using their data, right? You know that a client from the construction industry will be for sure less mature in Utilizing data or analyzing data than someone who is in marketing or media. So there are still learnings that can be applied. And that's something that the business values when we come in, you know, we are in the picture. It really depends on h- how the relationship starts, but we've worked with both and we are comfortable with both approaches. Mm-hmm.
1: I guess my question though is are those teams always? comfortable with those approaches. I've seen issues before where, you know, one party, one party may want to do things a certain way, the other party kind of wants to do it their way. And the challenge is in bridging the gap there between the cultures, frankly, the the way one party thinks that data product development should happen. Uh, is that ever a challenge or do you find by the time you get in that they're already completely aligned about working with you and going through your process and the way you want to do that?
0: maybe we were lucky so far that we haven't encountered that but maybe it's because of how we navigate those relationships i think we are quite flexible on how we deliver those solutions we we do our agile ourselves in the sense that i mean we are weird hybrid sort of say in the good sense because we combine the professional service approach with the software development or product management approach that is needed in all data analytics, data science related projects. So we have a vision for how we want to provide services and how we want to support our clients at a business level and at a technical level. But at the same time, we also apply that agile and lean development process ourselves. We do have weekly sprint meetings, we do have daily stand-ups and all of that. And We are flexible because of this and we adapt to the client's environment and their way of managing products because we also follow agile and lean uh, process ourselves. So, I mean, we were in in, in engagements where the client required us to be part of their own daily sessions and their own daily meetings. And we were flexible with that. Of course, we have our own way of doing things. Of course, we have our own, the same framework that we've tested and works well. But we do want to provide our clients with the possibility of, you know, leading those developments if they want to. And yes, there are classes sometimes, but if we are part of the process and we are part of the whole development and design process, we can still um, make make things work. Was there a period
1: when Bedrock was not using design as part of the dna of how you deliver your services and then something changed and you said you know what this is this thinking approach and this approach for innovation should be core to what we do like did something change or has this, has it been this way since it was started
0: no it actually works this way uh, since we started but i have to say that in some of the deliveries or projects programs that we've launched since then and we delivered since then we did encounter that at some at some ex- stages the client said, okay, we don't need to go in or through this design process right now. We know in and out what we need. We only need you to deliver X, Y, and Z at this data engineering, at this infrastructure, or at this model development level. What happened after is what you could guess is even though there are some clear requirements from the business, I think that the design process where you involve all stakeholders, trying to think ahead how the product is going to be used still applies. When we did that and we didn't have the opportunity to follow that design process because the business was imposing X, Y, and Z, we felt that the delivery wasn't as successful as it could have been. I mean, all went good and the projects were finished, but still adoption was struggling to get going. We had to fine tune some of the designs, in terms of the analytical models, and this was part of not maybe pushing enough for for following our way of doing things, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, that can happen. I think the difference here is, you know, when requirements, quote, are sent down to a team, it suggests that in a premeditated way, somebody already knows exactly what the users need and what they are going to use, and what you're doing is you're You're passing along an implied solution to somebody and not a problem to be solved. What I like teams to do is to become the problem owners and the problem finders. And and a lot of the design process is about uncovering unarticulated problems, the actual needs that are there that probably aren't written down in a nice, clear format. And the management's job is to allow the team to become a problem-owning team, not a recipient of orders or requirements and things to execute upon. If you don't own the problem, it's that the chances of you putting out a great solution are a lot smaller in my experience. I mean, is this something you work on with your clients about this kind of concept of problem ownership and problem finding? Is this part of your process? I'm sure you probably get requests for solutions that are articulated as needs. Like we need a machine learning thing that will do X. It's already implied, the solution is already implied in the request, which may or may not be the most cost-effective or effective experience for the customer. Talk to me a little bit about this unpacking the actual problem and how you guys do that.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with 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 what you're saying. It's actually part of our DNA. I think we're a bit biased towards preferring being involved in in this strategic need for solving business problems rather than being called for, you know, fixing some data engineering pipeline. Of course, we, we do deliver and work doing both, but based on what's her preference. I mean, me as, you know, someone leading a team of very bright people, I very much prefer that we can come up with our own solution to a problem and that we can design that with different stakeholders and their business domain knowledge. Rather than just coming in, fixing something um, and feeling like just yes, th- an IT support team, no disrespect to that, if, if you know what I mean, but we very much prefer keeping that strategic view on that strategic approach in mind when facing a business problem. That's, that's how we prefer to do things. And I think that the, the people that I work with, you know, as data scientists, data engineers, they also prefer that every colleague that has been joining Bedrock uh, since we started this and we always done it throughout their interviews is making sure that they wanted to be part of this process that they want to be client focused that they want to be a part of the service design and solution design process because that's what makes great data professionals of course I mean you'll be faced with tech beats that you need to solve using X, Y, and Z, and there is no flexibility on how you deliver things. But based on how Bedrock was built and the processes around our way of working, we've mentioned data by design before as our mantra. We, we very much prefer building long lasting relationships, relationships based on we understand our client's business. We understand their strategic goals. we design and ideate an implementation roadmap with them. And then based on that, we tackle different projects for building different models. But we do build the models because we understand what's gonna bring us an outcome for the business, not because the business brings us in to deliver only a model for the sake of predicting what's gonna be the weather like in two weeks, saying something. Mm -hmm.
1: Can you maybe share a, a very concrete example of some work you've done with the client I'm particularly interested in, in a place where you felt like the design process made a significant difference in the outcome that the that your client got. I'm also curious to hear about where maybe things didn't go so well. A lot of data teams, enterprise businesses, design is, not, is still a fairly foreign thing, whether it's working with designers or non-designers that use design thinking in their work. Do you have a, an example you can share about how that process and way of approaching innovation actually
0: like delivered a, a, an outsized result. Yep, I'll, I'll start with, with, at the start went well, and then things turned out to not go so well. And then I'll, I'll, I'll mention something that you know was a, which was a huge success to wrap up with something that went good. The first one was data um, a strategic program for a large chain of hotels, okay, in Europe not many people know that because of you know the emergence of iot and other technologies you can capture data in many different formats in many different ways so apart from bringing in data from the digital assets that a company like a chain of hotels may have you know through the booking system transactions and all of that you can also gather data related to how people move how they consume i don't know drinks or things like that i mean the main goal of course in 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 this for the business is always either finding an efficiency or making money. In their case was increasing the average, average spend per occupied room. I mean, there is a metric in this industry that relates to that. I think the acronym is TREFPOR. And we started with a pilot hotel and everything went well. We implemented sensors here and there on the physical hotel. We started tracking what was the behavior of the user in the digital world. We combined both. We found insights on, you know, we found insights on how the user was behaving and how that was affecting the, the real world, sort of say. And we wanted to scale that. We wanted to apply that for the whole chain, which I think was 40 something. Something that we did well at the start of the project was bringing in people from the hotel itself, because we, I mean, from the first pilot hotel. That was really great because we needed where and how we could collect information that any other company would have, you know, rejected. But when we wanted to bring that to the overall business, we realized, or we didn't realize that we needed to bring in someone from the traditional IT systems unit. Okay. And it, it, it is really important. I mean, the learning here, or the learning here was that, I mean, of course, when when we brought that person in and we we brought that person into the conversation, that person was really surprised of what we built, but still felt reluctant to be a part of the process because everything that was built so far, he wasn't a part of it. And we didn't take his opinion into consideration. Many things could have been done better for that pilot hotel, but the overall learning was that Throughout that process, you really need to identify who is who, who brings which value to the conversation. Even though you may have been invited to a project or to a delivery part of a program to do something, I think it's really important to identify who's going to have say or who is going to impact your project. And I, I think that was a huge learning for us that we apply to any other project that not involving business units that were related to our uh, mission that was a, that was a failure and a learning at the same time
1: you know when i talk to my students in the seminar and the training about human centered design and the reason i use that instead of user centered design is i think a lot of the design uh, thinking mentality in this approach can be applied to people who are not users of the system so we have stakeholders we have users and we also have people who are affected, third parties who are not part of the project at all that may be affected. In this case, it could be a guest staying at the hotel. And having all those perspectives in mind when you do the project and using the skills of design to understand needs, concerns, the even the politics, just understanding all of that can be essential to delivering a great solution because one of those parties you know, can either block it either directly through action or indirectly because we didn't understand a need or a requirement that may have been present because we didn't properly involve them. So I don't know if you guys frame it that way, but I think about design at that level. That's not just about the customer or user of the solution, but also the people, the teams that are brought in. I don't know. Did you guys yeah. think of it that way as well? Or?
0: Yeah, of course it works like that. In in, in that case, we were bringing in uh, people that, you know, as they weren't fake guests, they were actual guests. And we utilized their thoughts and opinions throughout the same process as well, not only the people that were working at the hotel or the people that were working at corporate level, sort of say. We brought everyone in for that vision. But sometimes and as you were saying, the opinion and the experience of others counts a lot, especially when it comes to knowing the technical depth that you may be inheriting. And someone as in, in our case, someone as important as someone leading the IT unit. You know, it's, now it feels like the data unit is, or applies to all of the business units. And there isn't a unit, a, a central data unit for all. But in the past, there was this this central IT unit that was supporting all of the lines of business. And of course, they had a vision of everything that went well or, or and all of the implementations that didn't. So, um, yes, bringing everyone in apart and of course the user who is going to use the solution is important in our case we're building some models that were supposed to be used by the business in trying to predict demand in trying to predict predict capacity planning i mean they aren't complex tools but you need to know what the user is going to be expecting so that when you build something it really gets used and then those insights are actioned back by the business
1: and this specific project. Uh, and I I love that, that it sounds like you had guests involved in this too, you know, in, in, in this design process. Um, design is a team sport. This is also something I, I talk to my clients a lot about. And when we facilitate design jams, we need to have the right people in the room. And part of this is about getting everybody aligned around the desired customer experience or the desired user experience. If we're talking about an, an internal user of a solution, like, you know, a manager of this hotel, who's trying to, you know, predict how many rooms should I clean today and at what time so that I can fulfill whatever the capacity planning is. But I'm curious, it sounds like in this situation, IT wasn't perhaps brought in early enough or something like that. Was the issue here that IT also didn't want to believe? The solution that you all felt was right or that the users act that you had somehow validated with users that hey, this is the thing we want to make. It's an application that envelops these models. It's expressed through this interface or this experience where they saying no, I don't believe this. We don't need this or that's great. I believe what you want to make. That's all fine but I have these technical issues which are gonna stop it or something like that. that Cause there's a difference here. There's a. I don't believe it is very different than that's gonna be really hard to build. Where was the issue here?
0: I, I think it was a combination of a lot of factors. In this case, we were brought in by the business and the business didn't think that involving this person was right at the time. And we moved forward with our way of doing things We even created, well, we didn't create, but we adjusted an app that users as guests could download to talk about the different touch points within the hotel. We found that checkout was one of the, of course, I mean, when you have, when you have to pay was one of the friction touch points. I think it was a combination of factors uh, that led to not early identifying that Personal and that team view was important. It wasn't us choosing, it wasn't them believing that data science or analytics could do great things. It was just, I, I don't like to say a coincidence because when you are in, in business, you need, to be, you need to be paying attention to a lot of things. And of course you need to pay attention to this. But I think it was how we started to work with this company that they thought that a data related program could go above everything if you know what I mean, that it was so powerful that could change everything. And yes, it can, but with the appropriate involvement in terms of, you know, stakeholders' views and everything. Are,
1: Are there a lot, one of the core ideas of design is this act of ethnography and research, and it's about regular and routine exposure time to the people who we're building things for. So whether it's that hotel manager or whether it's the guest staying at the hotel who's going to be the user, we have to get this exposure time to understand their headspace, how they frame problems, the mental models that they have about how they see the world and that brand or or service or whatever the heck it is. This is really integral. And I'm curious, do you, A, do you agree with that? And B, do you ever find that your clients or teams don't want to go through that process because they feel like we already know what our users want.
0: Uh, we do believe in that. We actually have one person in house that is an expert on that. She is an expert on that. She um, studied psychology and she has that, or she possessed that experience around all of everything that we've been discussing so far. And she's the one, leading that conversation and trying to make clients or leads embrace that design process. It all comes down to making the people feel that they are being heard. If that makes sense, because when you, when you're in a business conversation and especially when working with large companies, yes, of course, there is a strategic goal and there is executives knowing what the business needs. But at the end of the day, they are people and they have their individual points of views. And they have their opinions of what went well inside of their house. I mean, inside their company. And if they feel that they are being heard and that you are capturing all of those feelings, needs and expectations, and that you are adjusting your service delivery model, your project, your ideation process to them, and that what you're going to deliver has taken all of that into account, I think that they realize and they help you promoting that within their business, right? When you have done that is when you when you really get traction within a client, within an organization. That's what we do. We feel that, I mean, it is not just making friends within our clients' business. It's making sure that we provide a close service by listening to them. That's yeah. That and, and we really believe in that.
1: No, I I, I get that and I, I think as consultants and people in service, like our first delivery is service. Like it's always nice to make friends. You know, I I like when I can call a, a client, a friend, but I feel like I, I'm here to help you deliver a better future state. I'm sure you guys are probably that that's your number one concern. And the road may be bumpy to doing that, especially if design is a new thing. And it is new in the context of data science and analytics projects. It can be a new thing. I guess I'm curious though, when you, come in and you you have this, uh, it sounds like you have a, a user experience or a researcher who specializes in doing customer engagements and customer research to understand problems and needs and attitudes and this kind of thing. Do you find that the clients sometimes don't like, for example, this hotel, do you find out they're like, no, 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 we don't need to do any of that. We already know everything about our guests and we don't need to go talk to them or... No, we just need a capacity planning model. We don't need to talk. You don't need to talk to the manager of the hotel. We just need the model. Can you build us a, a model that will predict demand coming up? And my answer to that, and you tell me if yours is different, is no, I can't. And actually, yes, some firm, I don't do, the, I don't do implementation work. But yeah, you could just go out and build a capacity model. Do you actually want to control capacity and be able to plan for that? Because if you actually want the model to deliver a business outcome, you need to understand how the person who currently owns the problem of capacity planning and demand generation and making the adjustments to the hotel's service delivery. We have to understand how they do that work today. How do they do that work today? And then we fit our predictive intelligence into the natural way that they want to do things we need to understand their world. And if you spend all day at your desk building models or data pipelines or whatever, and you never go out and talk to someone on the business side who is in charge of making sure that the hotel's capacity is where it needs to be at any given time, the chances of you delivering, whether it's machine learning or traditional analytics or whatever, it's much lower because you don't understand that world. So how do you respond to your client if they say like, well, we don't need that, just give us the model Do you push back on that? Like, do you tell them the talk about these risks to them? Do you like what's that like? Or maybe I'm the only one that has that issue. I don't know,
0: but I (laughs) No, you're completely right. And I agree, but it, it does happen, as you're mentioning. I guess we do a little bit of pushback, mentioning the risks, mentioning that, yes, we are technically capable of delivering what you're asking for, but that we, prefer not to do it that way. She, I mean, her name is Elia. She's an expert in UX, but she's an expert in making sure that all of those solutions go through the proper design process, right? The one that we've been discussing so far, and we need to explain what's the pros and cons of doing things well and not doing them well. And I guess so far, yes, we, We did encounter people saying we don't need that, but at the end of the the day, it's about making sure that you explain why it's important, making sure that you explain why doing things from the beginning in a right way will help project to be successful and a model to be used or a dashboard to be used. Because we're always talking about data analytics models or predictive models or something related to that, but sometimes when we deliver something as simple as a report or a dashboard that's throwing out some insights, if some of the main users having been involved at the beginning, maybe in the data gathering stages, they may not believe what's coming out of those dashboards. You know, that, that's a very simple scenario, but it, it, it's similar to what you're saying. If they say, no, I'm, I mean, we, we know what our users need. We try to steer away from that. And we try to provide them with a balance sheet saying, okay, this is what you get from doing things in the right way. And this is, these are the risks that you're exposing yourself to. If we do this in a three months timeframe, and then at at, at the end of those three months, you really cannot find the value for, for the business because it's not going to be used and people are not going to believe what our assessment is saying.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you there and I, I this gets back, I, we talk about it on the show a lot, the difference between producing outputs and producing outcomes. Because everybody asks for outputs, but when we have our design thinking hat on, we need to be seeking out the outcomes, the feelings, the, I mean, hopefully there's measurable KPIs on some of these, but there nobody really wants analytics, nobody really wants AI. They want analytics so that X happens so that I get Y return. I get Z better life, whatever that means. We have to look downstream from that. So if you're in a team or you're a leader and you're demanding output, 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 where's the model? Where's the model? Where's the app? Where's the dashboard? Those are all assets. They're all outputs. They're artifacts. They are not the actual thing that 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 they are not the outcome. So if we cannot frame that and get centered around that, we, we stand a a chance of putting out stuff that will not get used, or as you said, it will not be trusted because the people involved didn't know where it came from. How did you get to this? This doesn't make sense with my job that I've done for 15 years. I've never seen numbers like this before. I don't believe it. And if they don't believe it, it's done. You're done. All you've done is spent three months, six months, 12 months, Spending time doing stuff, but not creating any change. And so, I, I, to me, this is where the, the, the design thinking process can really help us really focus on that end user, that last mile part where all the, the technical work we do
0: matters. It comes together. Yep. We, we also like to say something along the lines of something that you've mentioned. When, when we do data science, data engineering, as simple as statistics, that's a mean to an end. I mean, we do believe it's important if it comes to that, that the client understand understands the reasoning behind everything that we do and build. But at the, at the end of the day, it's about understanding that business problem, understanding the challenge that the company is facing, knowing what's the expected outcome and knowing that how you will deliver or predict that outcome will be used for something meaningful and relevant for the business. Whether that's AI, whether it's that's uh, simple algebra, uh, sometimes it comes to that. That isn't that that much of you know. If I, I know that what what I'm saying goes may go against us, no, I don't think so. We do have a team for covering a broad spectrum of tasks, if that makes sense. From data engineering, from infrastructure, from to data to data science, we do the whole spectrum of things. But you know that many business stakeholders are in worried about that what happens in the back end, but more about what comes out of that product and what can be used by the business. And it's also about making the scientific process that goes beneath that understandable without saying that, you know, k-means K is an algorithm that allows users clustering. I mean, not only data scientists and our counterparts on the technical side are going to be worried about that you know, about us having that credibility, but at at a business level, at a user's experience level that, and that's what you're saying, it all comes down to delivering something that, that makes sense and that can be used by the business because it's, it's relevant. I completely agree with you. We have to right size and right fit
1: those solutions. And for a very technical user, they may need to know about all those details about how it works, what's going on under the cover. How did you get to this? other types of a business user, they may not care if they're at the point where I believe it. I watched us go through it. I don't understand exactly how it works, but I'm sold because I was part of the process and I understood along the way enough to see that you guys understand my pain as a chief marketing officer, or whatever my role is. I know you guys understand what I'm trying to do and the trust is there. You're the expert, you know, so I'm I'm with you on, that, on that. Just kind of to wrap this up, last couple questions here, is there, just to kind of sum up your client experiences, is, is there one change that you would like to see clients make? Because one of the things, at least my clients and like to know is they don't get exposure to what's happening everywhere else. What's everyone else like me doing in their organization? So is there a general message you'd like to convey about design or maybe not necessarily, but design and data perhaps, just a learning uh, a point of education that needs to happen a change that a cultural change they need to make anything like that you'd like to to share
0: yeah i mean I i do appreciate that many companies do understand the change management on cultural shift that is required when you're trying to empower data related programs but not many realize that Not only design thinking, but other design frameworks are important when you are trying to build these products or systems within a company. Sometimes it's decision that is made by some senior executives about, um, I don't know, predictive model that's supposed to be predicting something. But I don't think that many stakeholders have that much of an opinion on that. And I don't think that the business tries to embrace that the people within their teams know what the same process is about. I encounter many people, I encounter many clients that when we propose doing a workshop for trying to frame what's the problem, and how to solve something, they quickly mention brainstorming because that's everything that they've heard so far. So I think it isn't only important to do some reskilling and, and upskilling on what relates to data tech, but also on the design side of things. Just making sure that, uh, I guess that for me, this is a little bit of common sense, you know, involving everyone because everyone's opinion is important, but when it comes to developing and implementing a business solutions, I guess it's even more important because it's going to be staying there for long. And I don't think there is this sort of empowerment within the organizations right now. So that's, this is my opinion. Maybe I don't know if you, if you agree.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's whatever you think kind of question. So you know, I think I, I appreciate you sharing that. And, uh, you know, I've seen, I think one of the things that if I were to answer that question is that the appetite for innovation is high, but a lot of the companies that want to do it, they're more concerned about risk and risk and innovation are at opposite ends of the spectrum. And so if you want to be innovative, you, by definition, you're signing up for failure on the way to success. And this is something Seth Godin talks about, one of my heroes, but I love that framing because that's really what it is. It's about embracing an an iterative process. It's about getting feedback along the way. It's about knowing that we don't know everything and we're signing up for that ambiguity along the way to something better. This is not part of the DNA of a lot of the places that I encounter and a lot it's politics it's we've been here forever we already know everything you know we already think we know all this stuff about the data part you know why don't they understand it? why don't our users understand this stuff because we see the world through this one lens so the, i don't know the, the, those are some of the the challenges i think about in that area that i'd like clients to work on but this is i want to hear more about you and and just to kind of wrap this up one of the ways to hear about you and your work
0: is your podcast. Tell me about the Data Stand-Up podcast Uh, and where can
1: (laughs) my listeners find out about
0: your show? Yes, I mean, of course. So Data Stand-Up is about, you know, mixing that scientific technical knowledge with the strategic needs that companies are having right now. I felt that there are many great podcasts out there that related to how to do the models in and out, how to develop those models in and out. Many scientific podcasts were doing great and there wasn't anything that was combining both the scientific aspects of it with what a CEO or a role, a new role like the CDO may need for the business. And we wanted to bring this both worlds together. We started in Spain having a significant success, bringing many, cdo's for from large businesses we also started with the english series of podcasts earlier this year we also brought amazing guests i mean we had you we had bill Smarso, we had kirk Bourne, we had claire thompson i mean many many great bright interesting people that can really provide an overview of how and why data and data science and ai is important for the business Trying to relate that with learnings and and real life learnings that they um, experimented themselves. So yeah, this is what Data Standup is all about. We are present in all of the platforms. You can find us using bedrock Data Standup. Standup is a reference to the agile practice, our daily meetings for making sure that the technical team is aligned. So bedrock Data Standup in Spanish and. And english and we're in spotify apple podcasts and all of the major podcasting platforms but if if you want to see all of the episodes that are available you can also find them in bedrock dvd as data by design bedrockdvd.com slash podcast awesome great and
1: if someone wants to get in touch with you linkedin twitter
0: like what's the best way i guess that To get in touch with me, the best way is LinkedIn. I'm very responsive to that. I mean, a lot of people tell me that I'm crazy um, to be responding to the messages that I get there. I'm not a celebrity or anything like that, but I do get a few. I guess it's also because of the podcast, but I do respond to everyone. It takes me a little bit of time, but I'm quite responsive there. So yeah, feel free to reach out to me in, in or through LinkedIn. Great, well, I will definitely link those
1: up. And by the way, thank you for coming on my show and being willing to do this in, in English. Uh, I, I'm always uh, impressed when people can come on and, and speak in a second language to, uh, to do this kind of thing. So I love languages and I want to do that at one point in one of my other languages, but
0: not yet, so. <laughs> you should, I, th- I guess that, I mean, for us, I mean, for us to be successful as Petro, we've been truly global from the beginning, right? Our reach is completely global. And I mean, thanks for having me. I I think I I do appreciate your mission here, making sure that, you know, design is brought to the importance that it needs, because as I said, we do talk about, you know, the scientific and the data science methods a lot. We talk about the business side of things a lot, but not that those many times about design thinking service design and other frameworks that are to be followed for delivering projects successfully. Great, great.
1: Well, I think that's a great place to leave it. And again, Jesus, um, mucho gusto. Thank you so much for coming <laughs> on the show. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to stay in touch.
0: Gracias, Brian. Thank you.
1: All right. Have che- a good goes. one. See. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Experiencing Data with Brian O'Neill. If you did enjoy it, please consider sharing it with the hashtag ExperiencingData. To get future podcast updates or to subscribe to Brian's mailing list, where he shares his insights on designing valuable enterprise data products and applications, visit designingforanalytics.com podcast.